0: All the time, and it, it'll kill your health. But but I want to say this and and, and move on. Uh if I put put up uh, First John that First John four eighteen in the NLT. This is, and, and I went to the Lord. I, I'm, thank you, brother. You know, because a, a fellow told me one time, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. So. My fear is contaminate my faith so my faith don't work. So I have to get rid of of the fear, the worry, the stress. I, I have to find a way to get rid of it. And, and so I begin to search and there were three scriptures. I just show you this one. And I say this scripture every day when I get up in the morning. Such love, that by the love of God, has no fear. Because perfect love or, or developed love, we understand in... How much God loves us. That's what somebody. talking about. we got to develop and understand that God loves us. Perfect love expels all fear. And this is the key. And I said, if I'm afraid, it's for fear of punishment. What makes me, I understood this, what made me fearful was the result that I thought was coming my way. That's what made me worry was that negative result that I thought was going to happen to me. And this shows that I have not fully experienced His perfect love. And I say, Lord, I thank You. You love the fear out of me. I ain't got no fear today. I ain't got no worry. I don't stress. It took time. It took years. But but fear and worry is a bad thing. It'll tear down your health. It'll it'll it'll, it'll just dismotivate you where you don't want to do anything. You just want to sit around all the time. And, and, and but but take that. And read it and begin to dig into it and realize if I'm scared, then I don't realize how much God loves me. That if I realize how much He loves me, then I don't have any fear. What happens when that, when that child is scared and they run to mom and daddy? Huh? When they get to mom and daddy, where does the fear go? They know the love is stronger than the fear. The love is stronger than the problem, see? And then that's the same with God. We don't, we don't realize how much he, he loved us enough. He died for us. He, he loved us enough that he gave everything he had for us. That we don't have to do that. And and I guess y'all can tell I'm I'm kind of full this morning. I'm going I'm going to try to stay in line this morning as mu- as much as 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 possible. You know, um, <clears throat> y'all. Excuse me. If if my voice goes, up, y'all just <laughs> laugh at me. This is my, my fourth my fourth time this week. Uh, so my voice getting a little, a little rough, but you know, I come to church, we, we were talking about, uh, me and brother Chris and Smiley was, was talking about, uh, Schambach and talking about old Roberts and Catherine Kuhlman and, and Ron Hart Bonnke out there in the, in the foyer. You know, I know my poor wife, she gets tired of me. You know, I, I I'm a one track person. Like if I find something I want to eat, then that's all I want to eat. You know I just wear her out you know and I found out this YouTube thing that I can find out all these folks on YouTube, so all I watch all the time now is youtube uh, you know i got put it on in the tractor I put it on where, where, wherever i am at in there but 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 uh it, it has really really made me feel well good morning I'm glad you all decided to come come this morning um, you know we as Christians, we're supposed to be supposed to be happy people we are we're supposed to be happy because we know. That our issues were already taken charge over, and God's already dealt with them you know um, it's a new year I know everybody's still getting a, getting adjusted and it's a new school year and and all and uh, that made me think i know i I enjoy every beginning of every school year uh, I have to hear all them fifth and sixth grade jokes the fifth and sixth graders they they get all summer they just get full of Full of, full of jokes. You know, we tell the fifth, I a great joke. They all corny, but they are. Right. This, this little boy says, he says, why does a diver fall backwards into the water? Of course, you know, I always have to say, I don't know. He said, well, if he falls forward, he would fall into the boat. <laughs> but, but I heard, I heard another, uh, y'all go to, uh, keep me on track, y'all go to Hebrews chapter 3 while I, while I ramble here. I heard another good one this week On going tell y'all. This, this guy, was going home and the police officer got behind him and the police car wasn't in that good a condition and the guy says well I think I can outrun the police so he gets up 60 70 80 90 and 100 miles an hour he realizes I'm not going out running so he pulls over and the officer comes to the window and he said look ma'am I've had a rough day today if you give me one good reason I'll just let you go so, so the guy thought a minute, and he said, "About three weeks ago, my wife ran off with a police officer, and when you turned your blue light on, I thought you was bringing her back." <laughs> <laughs> he pretty quick on the steel, so that's how Miss Angie feels. She don't want me brought back. And there, uh, hey, we all go to Hebrews chapter chapter 3. I want to talk to you and, and the, the title is pretty strong but, but I'm going to go somewhere with it. I want to talk to you this morning about a, an evil heart of unbelief. And it kind of, kind of, kind of goes along with this in, in, in Hebrews 3. But unbelief will keep you from God's best. You know, unbelief causes us to be wishy-washy, causes many, many issues, but let's read here in Hebrews 3 and then, then I'll explain some of this to you. We're gonna read verses, Hebrews 3. If I can say this, these screens are good and I appreciate them, but you can't take them home with you. Have a Bible, bring a Bible, bring something you can make a note in that'll help you next, next week. Uh, Hebrews 3. Verse 10 says, wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their hearts and have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath that they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, go back to verse 10. It says, therefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err where they all the error is always was always in their heart. Now, King James, he uses the word heart in many different ways. Sometimes he's talking about spirit of a man, but this time he's talking about our soulless realm, our mind, our will in our emotions. They 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 always aired in their minds. See, the mind is where the battleground of the Lord is. If if you're trying to believe something for God, the fight is right here. That no, it ain't gonna happen. I don't know why you think that could happen to you, or da, 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 da. It's always here. See, the battleground is not our spirit. Our spirit, Bible says when it hears faith, it it grows. It says, Here I am. Here I am. See, but, but we always fighting that 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 mental battle, see, of, of 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 unbelief. Now, anxious thoughts is what causes our unbelief. Worried thoughts cause our unbelief, see. So we have to realize when we and it's erring in our heart. Now let's go to go to verse twelve. It says, Take heed, brethren. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Now, many of you that's been around long enough know this, but I'll say this for the new ones. When you see the word evil or wicked in the Bible, most time he's talking about Christian people. The word wicked and evil comes from, from our word wicker, wicker furniture, twisted, twisted. Their, their, their mind, your mind is backwards. You're thinking negative when you're supposed to be thinking positive. You're thinking fear when you're supposed to be thinking faith. That's, and he calls that a evil heart of of, of of unbelief. Now, we use unbelief to describe it when a Christian's not in faith. But there are no non-believers. That don't exist. A non-believer does not exist. God created us in His image what is that? God created us as a living, speaking spirit. See? That's what we do. We're a living, speaking spirit. See? And, and words are created more for... Words are, are, are more for creating your circumstance than they are for communication. But we use them for communication, but they're really designed by God to create an atmosphere. See? When, when, when somebody's Around a, a crowd, and they say something. It, it begins to create an atmosphere. See, good or bad, but it cre- words create an atmosphere. See, so there are no non-believers. You either believing in the in, in the worst, or you believing in in the best. But you believing in something all the time. You know, you say, "Well, I can't hardly believe that." Well, you believing in can't hardly believe that. See, that's what you believe in. So you, you you you're not created. You cannot not believe something. See. But now we have a choice that we have to decide what we're going to believe. See? And that is the five. When we decide what we're going to believe, then we have something to start attaching our faith to. See? But as long as we believe in the wrong thing, then there's nothing for us to attach our faith to. See, It's all based on on, on what we believe. And he says here, It says here, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the, from the living God. So unbelief says what? I did, this is how I had to get honest with myself. Unbelief, I say, says God can't do that. God can't do it. Cause if God could do it, I wouldn't be in unbelief. Right? So when I when when I say I'm an unbeliever, I'm saying this situation is a situation that God can't do nothing about. Because I'm a believer. See, I'm believing that God can't do nothing about it. So guess what happened? God won't do nothing about it, huh? So I, I got to change what I believe. All right. So let's listen. Let's, let's move on now. i want to go back to that verse 10 again. You ain't got to put it back on. It says, when I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their hearts and have not known my ways. Now, he's talking about Israel. They were the first. Don't just follow me with this now. They were the first generation to come out of Egypt. All right. They spent four hundred years in unbelief. They had the God was not there. They didn't know about God. They didn't understand God. Now, now we are the first generation out of Egypt. What did they do? They always looked at their circumstances. They always looked at what was going on, and they always referred back to the past. Well, if you hadn't brought us out of Egypt, we wouldn't have had these problems. See? And we're the first generation. We're trying to learn to live by faith, but we still, like them, we walk by our five physical senses. That's how we decide what's going to happen to us, good or bad. It's about what we can see, what we can hear, what we can feel. We use that experience out here to decide if life's going to be good to us or bad to us. See? But there's nothing biblical about that. See, that's the same thing they did. What did it cause them? It caused them to walk 40 years in the wilderness and every one of them died young. That's what unbelief will cause. It will cause us to spend our life in the wilderness and we'll die young. See? So we have to decide, what am I going to do, okay? Let's go to Revelations. The very last book of the Bible. And we'll start going here. Revelations twelve. <clears throat> Very familiar scripture, Revelations twelve, verse eleven. And they overcame him, who is him, the devil. By the blood of the lamb or that covenant we have with God, and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. Now lots of times the Bible says more by what it doesn't say than what it does say. It says here that that we overcome by the word of our testimony. Right? So if we don't overcome, we still have a testimony. But we've talked about the problem. We've talked about the issue. We've talked about all that. Because the Bible says what? We will have what we say. Right? So you're making a, not only are you not a believer, and I, I, I'm going slow here trying to, trying to set this so we get to where I want to go. <laughs> So not only are you a believer, but you're always testifying to something. And this is what struck me about this study. That I'm spending more time testifying for the devil than I am testifying for God. You just look at what you're saying about whatever's going on in your life. Who are you giving credence to? You know, who are you giving? Are you giving credence to the devil or are you giving credence to God? And lots of times then we, because we believe what we say, when you say it's going to be all right, something changes internally inside of you, your actions, your demeanor, your willingness to fight changes when you think, say it's going to be all right. But when you don't say that, then you're giving the devil permission to stay and keep making that mess. Now, let's go some more with this information. All right. Go to Philippians. I'm going to skip around, guys. Philippians chapter 4. It's already 1130. So what is the cure for this we're talking about? Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Now I want this to ring home with you. We there, I hear some pages. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God. Now I want you to look at this in Amplified. <clears throat> Y'all ready? Do not fret or have any anxiety about what? Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything now I learned something on my study this week that anything actually means everything do not fret or have any anxiety about anything now that is a commandment to us as Christians and we'll get to it in a minute but worry has to be replaced with something you cannot just not worry it's got to be replaced with something. Because we're talking about minute. But because I, we built spiritually. But in every circumstance. So what did he just tell you? Don't fret or worry. I mean, about anything. But instead of that. In every circumstance. And in everything. By prayer and petition. Or definite request. With thanksgiving. Continue to make your wants known to God. Now. Everything here, we're going to redress this all the way verse, through, through verse 9 as we get to it. But everything he's going to talk about now is on the but side. We are fixing to have to replace that worry with something. But I want you to notice something else. He says definite request about being specific what you're asking God for. But he talks about thanksgiving. The Bible says for the spirit of heaviness do what? Put on the garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness. So when you're weary and you're tired and you fret and begin to thank God, God, I busted that thumb, but man, I got nine good fingers. Oh, I got two good legs. You know, you can just go on. I had food this morning. I got a place to. I've been thanking God lately for air condition. Am I the only one? I know some folks didn't have one for two days. It was, it wasn't too great. But air condition is a good thing. That's a blessing of the Lord. See. That, but we don't think about, it. now, because we, we, we spend our time in the five senses, we don't think about things until we don't have things. So we don't, ever, we don't ever think about that air condition until we don't have it. See, we don't ever think about those things until we don't have it. And that's why he says, Here, put, begin to thank God for what you do have, and that'll change from what you don't have. We spend so much time about what we don't have and we don't focus on what God has done for us. We spend a like, lot, you ever get tired of a child coming, will I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. I, I can imagine that's how we, how we sound to God. Huh? We come with this list and we get our list and we tell them what our list is, then we get up and we go about our business. And that? that's not prayer. That's, that's, that's demanding. All right, let's read on here. We getting somewhere. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and what? There's our word again. Minds. That, that soulless rim. See, that's where the fight is. Shall keep your minds through Jesus Christ. Now, like I said, worry has to be replaced with, 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 with something. It says here, Finally, brother, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are of good report? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. There's no scripture that says we take every thought captive, see? He's telling you here, start thinking about, uh, what's true about my situation? What does the, what do the Bible says? That's what's true about my situation. See, I look at it like this. You, you ever been in a hotel room and they got that peephole? Where you look at? Huh? That's what you gotta do with your thoughts. You gotta look at that peephole and say, oh, you don't look too true to me. You, you, you ain't getting in. You ain't getting in. You don't look too pure to me. You ain't getting in. We've got to start guard, guarding our heart and think on those things. And that will begin to change our complex and our reality about what's possible. See, <clears throat> Miss Angie got to hold of my phone this week. And I got some weird stuff in my phone, all right? Because I put things down like so I, so I know what I'm talking about. If it's a phone number, it may say fertilizer man. It may say chemical man. it don't gotten because that's how I, I don't remember names, but I, I know that's who it was. And she looked at me. I, I told her to do something. We're going down the road. I let her do my text. and, and she said, "Horse eating briar through fences." <laughs> what does that mean? But it's, it's a mental. I have all kinds of my phone that jogs my memory. And if you know, you ever noticed that a horse or a cow. Especially a goat. But a goat gets slammed out. You know, I had a fellow say one time, if you want to keep goats in, put them where you don't want them and they're tearing to where you do want them. And then they'll stay there. And that, that's, that's about the size of goats in there. But 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 you ever notice, you know, and I did that because it talks about boundaries and limitations to me. See, that, that, that horse puts his neck through that fence and eats that grass as far out as he can eat it. Right? He knows there's something better on that side of the fence. But he just don't know how to get to it. See, we, we know there's something better over there. We just don't know how to get to it. And that, that's, that's what that, that means to me is I'm trying to, to, to understand from Lord how to, how do I get to that? You said all these things would happen to me. How, how do I get to them? How do I make, how do I make this be, be real in my life? How do I make what these words say be true for me? See, and it's different for all of us. See, and I don't know I I, I sit around, and I think, but Jerry probably got things like that in his phone too. Because me and him kind of think on that on that way outline. All right, let's let's keep digging here. Now, you don't have to turn there, but make a note, 1 Peter 5, verses 7, I think, through 10, is Peter also going over this this same stuff here about how to do this and, and how to walk in it. Now, <clears throat> I kinda got a track, but I, I wanna come back here. See, we think worry equals love. If, if, if I love my child, I'm gonna worry about him. If I love my child, I'm gonna be concerned about him in there. But, but you get out of the brass tacks, love never, uh, look, worry never paid a bill. Worry never healed a person. Worry never contributed anything to your life but misery. And just think about it. We spend way more time worrying than we do praying. But have you ever got any benefit from it? Has it ever contributed anything positive to your life? Anxiety, stress. None of those things contribute to us. They are tricks of the devil to take things away from us. As long as I'm focused on what I can't have then I can never get to what I'm supposed to have. And, uh, and I've been having this for the last few months. Uh, uh, kind of, I already call it a Bible study, but I, I've been kind of pressing in on the Lord about, about some stuff. And it's important that I know, or you know, where does His authority stop and our authority start? Because if I'm praying to God, and it's something he take, told me to take care of, then I'm never gonna get the answer. Th- that, that makes sense. But if I'm standing out trying to clash something that's not in my territory, that's in his territory, I'm still not gonna get no result on that. So there's certain things that he told us that, that he gave, he said, when he died, he said, all power's been given to me in heaven and earth. Now you take my name and that power and you go. See, all right. So what does that encompass? Where, where, where is my authority stop and stop? And when do I get into his authority? Especially when you're dealing with, 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 with major issues in life. We need, we need to know who's, who's, who needs to be doing the talking here. See, is it a place where I stand up and say, in the name of Jesus, blah, 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 blah? Or is it a place where I say, the, by, the word says this, 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 this? Now you line up with the word of God. You see the dividing line. We need to know, we need to have that knowledge of where we start and he stops. And I got this funny image in in, in my head. And the Bible says, Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father, expecting his enemies to be made his footstool. Now, is there any enemies that Jesus hadn't already conquered? No, he's already conquered everything. He's talking to us. We are the ones that's supposed to slide him that footstool by taking his authority and overcoming what he told us to overcome. And, and I see Jesus, poor rascal, he's probably got cramps in his legs. He's had his feet up for years and years waiting on us to get him a footstool. I thought, Rick, he got, probably got a cramp by now. Them thighs are burning. He's waiting on us and we waiting on him. But I'm to the point in my life, I, I, I'm tired of waiting on him, ain't the right word. I want to know what my part was, his part, let's, let's get on with business here. Let, let's get this thing done here. But we have to know that. We have to decide who, whose authority are, 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 are we operating in here. Now Go to Romans chapter 8. I'm running out of time here. But you think about it, worry never fixed anything for you. Romans 8, verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. Stop right there. To be carnally minded is death. To be sense oriented. If that word death, when you look at it in the Greek, it means a troubled soul. To be carnally, to be fleshly minded, to be circumstance minded is trouble for my soul. To be carnally minded is death. If I look at the circumstances through fleshly eyes and fleshly experience, the only thing it's going to do is trouble my soul. Now, is that a true statement or not? That's all it does. When we live by our five senses, the five senses are for what? What did God give them to us for? Maybe that's a better question I should address. They're to keep us out of physical trouble. You can see the incline of the steps. You can do this, you know. It's to operate in this natural world. It was never meant to be a standard to live by. See, but we have took our fleshly experiences and made them our standard to live by. We judge it possible because I've seen this happen to Daddy or Granddaddy or Aunt Susie or somebody else. So I know that that's supposed to be the outcome of this. But then what we're talking about with the guys at the prison, when you say that, where, where did you get that information from? That information didn't come from God or from the Word. See, it, it come. who is God of this world? Come on, Satan. Satan is the God of this world. So so anything I absorb with my five physical senses is tilted into His dominion. See? But anything I absorb from the spiritual realm is tilted in whose dominion? God's dominion. So that's why it says we don't walk by sight, right? What the Bible says, we don't walk by sight. I say it like this. I don't go by what I see or what I hear or what I feel. I go by what I believe. See, then that, that changes your, your, your perspective. So to be carnally minded is death. <clears throat> but to be spiritually minded is life in peace. Now, that word life there is the word zoe, the God kind of life. But then, but then the word peace, I want to add these two together for you. The word peace there in the Greek means exempt from havoc and having a tranquil soul. So to be spiritually minded, I can have the God kind of life and I can be exempt from havoc. Now, what's he talking about? We're talking about havoc here now. We talked about this at Sunday school this morning that the Bible says in this world you're going to have tribulation. We're not we're not getting away from having problems, right? But we can get away from the havoc that they cause. Because when you have the problem, we are not really, we don't ever really deal with the problem. We're too busy with the havoc going on in our mind. That we don't even deal with the problem. It causes us to step back. It causes us to be reluctant. Uh, we don't want to deal with it, cause the worry, the concern. If I can just leave it alone, I won't be so worried about it. I won't be so concerned about it if I don't have to deal with it. And that causes havoc in the mind. See? How do we face problems as Christians? We are a soldier in the army of the Lord. All right? You either in retreat or you in advance. That's the only two positions that we're Stephen. That's the only two positions that a soldier's got. You advance or you retreat. All right? Now, do we want our United States military every time they confront it to be in retreat? So why do you think God wants His army to be in retreat? you facing these problems because you're supposed to... I'm getting ahead of myself. We're supposed to be having dominion over them. Either you're going to have dominion over that circumstance or it's going to have dominion over you. That's the only two things that's going to happen. But we forget. We think because we live by faith, we're not supposed to have no problems. They say, oh, I'm a fake person. But then we have problems, then we get frustrated because we got problems. But the Bible don't exempt us from problems. It exempts us from the thing that that problem causes us. It exempts us from from the result of the problem. It don't exempt us from the problem because our job is to face that head on and conquer that problem and put it behind us, see, by the authority he's given us, see. We take that and we advance and we advance. But most of us in our life, we're in retreat from our problems. We're not in advance. We need to take them and face them head on and deal with them. The first thing dealing with something to help you do is 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 help you feel better about it. And you put it behind you when you begin to say, I got to deal with this. You ever said that? I don't have any choice. I got to deal with this. Well, that when you said that, that changed your frame of mind. Hey, I'm fixing to take care of this. I'm tired of it. I'm not dealing with it no more. I'm fixing to deal with this. See, but it takes us a long time to get there. The first thing we need to do when we have a problem, I, I say it like this. <clears throat> As Christians, we pray too quick. We pray too quick. We see something and we just go making a thousand confessions and, and reading scriptures and we just are hollering and a shouting. But well, it's all coming from work. It's coming from fear of that situation. We're doing it out of fear so we getting no no good out of it. You think about that. That's what we do. Oh God, and help me in the name of Jesus. I declare. De- de- de. We we doing it so fast and so quick because it's really the fear. We're not staying See, see. If I stand up and take authority over over my own little, what I do, boy. I said, do this, and I said, do it now. That's authority, right? Huh? It ain't making a million confessions and all that. And, and, and You talk to youngers so long, they don't even to what you talk about. huh? They know you ain't got nothing behind those words. And that's the same thing in the Spirit. They, say, well, they ain't got nothing behind them words. That's all a lot of worry and fear and concern. There ain't no faith in that. I don't got to pay attention to that. Hmm? But when you stand up and say, in the name of Jesus, that's another good Bible study. You need to understand the power of that name. Every knee shall bow. Things in the earth, on the earth under the earth has to bow his knee at that name. Whatever the circumstances I know I'm rambling. I told you I'm fooled this morning, I don't know what which way to go here. And uh, <clears throat> But you gotta understand that that, that that we have to make those confessions out of faith that you got to stop and you got to back up a minute. You know? Go on the situation didn't surprise God. It only surprised us. It caught us off guard and then we go try to Try to babble something instead of back up. What does the Bible say? Wisdom is the principal thing. Our first, okay God, what is my step here? What is my words here? What do I say about this, see? And then when we start saying what He lays on our hearts to say, those words come in faith and they're backed up by the blood and then we see results. Well just a lot of babbling don't, don't do that. And did that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you're going to have to choose to make, take dominion over your thoughts, over the situation. See, you know, that's what started this whole thing. God gave Adam dominion and Adam didn't use his dominion. And now the circumstance has dominion instead of us having the circumstances so we have a choice and I'll close this as 10 time flies so we have a choice in every, in every circumstance in our life which path are we going to take am I going to follow my senses and my feelings or am I going to follow faith because I can't be in both I can't be in faith and in fear I've got to be in one or the other there's no, there's no, there's no in between. There's no riding the fence. It, 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 when it comes to faith and fear, there's no lukewarm state for us to be in. And we have to decide. And when I decide I'm going to do it God's way, then I'm asking Him to show me how, how, how do I contain the fear? How do I contain the worry? How do I contain the anxiety in this situation? If I get them under control, then I don't have that havoc in my mind see and then faith faith can come because I'm thinking about God's solution not my solution and we get all confused in that because we want to help him out and do things ourselves instead of letting God work it out but we have to take that time to step back and, and get our bearings about us why? because if, if we advance it by what God says then then we automatically win that makes sense? Go to uh, we, we, we'll close with this go to um, Mark 11 and if y'all were missed that Wednesday night that Brother Chris and Miss Esther taught on thoughts, y'all need to go back and get that on the archives that'll, I enjoyed that. that that'll really help you about thoughts where they come from, how they come from how to handle them, they, they did an excellent excellent job that night on thoughts, and It is still an archive right Dr. Frank? Yeah. Yeah. yes, hmm. every time I read verse twenty two after listening to uh, to Shambach, I, I hear Shambach say you don 't have any problems, all you need is faith in god, and that 's what he says about it almost every almost every time he, he preaches in there this is how we 're not going to go into it this morning, but this is how you develop faith, this is how faith does verses twenty two through through uh, twenty four. This is how faith. And the first thing he said, he's talking about the fig tree here. And they asked him how he'd done it, and he said, "Have faith in God." So, I, I, I need money to pay my bills. Have faith in God. I need I need healing in my body. Have faith in God. I, I got problems with this child. Have faith. The answer to everything is have faith in God. Have faith in God. That's the first step. And we'll just read this quickly and then I'll close. It said, But verily uh, verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall ascend to this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And that's what we've been talking about this morning is believing you have what you say then that'll start limiting what you say because some things we say right now, we don't want. We go around talking all that, we don't want it. Verse 24. To therefore I say unto you, whatso things ye desire when you pray, believe that you will see them, and ye shall have them. It is very, very simple. Believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. We believe them when? When I pray, not when I see it. We're not living by our senses. We get confused with that. We want to jump and shout and run when we actually see it manifested, but we're supposed to be jumping, shouting, running when we prayed it because we believe we received it right then, not when what when we got it. See, are you with me? So I want to leave, leave leave you with 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 this. Whatever it is this morning. Just relax. God can handle it. You ain't got in nothing that he ain't already got somebody else out of. The Bible says that all of our problems are common to man. We think it's unique for us, but it's not. It's common to man. And God's been, had no beginning, no end. You think how many times he's seen whatever we're dealing with. So when we look at it from that perspective, why are we so so wound up? Why we so anxious? Sometimes I, 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 I tell my, my kids this, or, or I tell Josh a lot, he's, he's learned a lot about business. We just got to relax and let, let life develop. Just, just let it come to us. The older people know what I'm talking about. We get so, so, so interested in trying to make things happen. We have to learn just, just step back, it'll, it'll, it'll develop, it'll come. We're not making it any faster by by being upset and and all those things. We're not not making it any faster. It'll come. Let, let, Let life develop. Let it come to you. Remember, God's got good things for us. Every good and perfect gift. He said He gave us everything that pertained to life and godliness. He's already given us. So don't be so wound up. Don't be so anxious. Take a step back and figure out. Where's Satan attacked you from? Where's he? There was a door that, that we left cracked that caused this attack. And we need to find out how that is. We can't find it out without talking to the Lord. And, and you've heard this many, many times. And, and I'll say it again. The most important thing we can ever do is learn to hear God's voice. That's another scripture in, 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 in John chapter 10 I quote every day. He says, my sheep know my voice. In another, they won't follow. So I'm trusting God. It's your voice I hear. And I'm not getting led by something strange or something out there. I hear your voice. I know your voice. What would you say to me today, Jesus? What would you talk to me about today, Jesus? Those are the conversations we need to be having. Because He no need to rehearse the problem. He knows the problem. See? Let's go talk to Him and listen for the solution. Listen to the answer. See? Because then when we get that, we got it. We got it. When he says, "Do that," I tell you, I, I tell you this, and I, I keep some of them closed. I got, I got. Hey, we long along, with Pastor Randy. Still, I got three minutes to twelve. You know, we. I talk about a lot of things that go on in my life. Cause I, I, don't, I don't care for people knowing because I, I want to help people. But we, <clears throat> we had probably you know one of the worst flocks of chickens that, that we've had in a good while uh, this time. And then you know how that goes. Uh, it, it it hurts your pride when you don't do good. It just hurts your pride. And so I'm kind of moaning about it. And uh, and uh, the Lord gave me this thought. So, and He just got quiet. He said, so, okay, so, so what? So, so, so. So that means you ain't blessed. One flock of chicken means you ain't blessed. You throw the towel in just because of one little thing. And you look at it, and you say, "Hmm, that's right." We think we ain't blessed because one little thing happened to us. One little thing said, "If if you'll stay with it, more good's gonna happen than bad. You'll have more good experiences than you do bad experiences." And that's what we have to learn. We have to trust it, and don't get don't get caught up in the in the bad, and think that that there can never be any more good and that's what we do when bad things happen we, think we can't ever get back to good but good will come good will come just, just stay with the program just stay with the plan good will come and, uh, amen. amen y'all get something out of that this morning who's got the announcements y'all have a good week